0: ESPN Lafayette, the best seat in the house, the best seat in sports. Coming to you on the FM at 1033, on the AM at 1420, online at ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the sports fan in your car, your home, and in your pocket. ESPN Lafayette, the best seat in sports. Great Scott!
2: show i am scott prather this is espn lafayette good morning everybody welcome to november it is all saints day today many years ago this is the date the saints learned they would have a football team that's right the city of new orleans was getting a football team and now in 2021 the Saints are coming off a wild Halloween win that really had to be seen to be believed. This Saints season is pure chaos. This Saints season at times doesn't make sense. This Saints season is fun and bittersweet at the same time. I'm going to call her on Rise and Grind. Lynn Burton, my man, weekday 6 a.m., called Lynn, and, and, and I was on with Lynn early, and he said that game yesterday was bittersweet bittersweet is a good way to put it because Jameis Winston has a significant injury it is significant and according to uh, justina Anderson the Saints are going to first look at its own quarterback depth to address the loss of Jameis Winston per league source the big question for New Orleans is which player on the roster will start at the quarterback position for the next game given Taysom Hill's Multi role, Hill or Trevor Simeon. Some of you are saying, oh, well, it's not really even a question. It's not even a question. You got to go with Taysom Hill. He was number two. He was this. Sean Payton is already dropping hints. It's probably not going to be Taysom Hill. Sean Payton made it a point to say yesterday even if he said, even if Hill was available, Simeon would have been the backup. Now, there's a few ways to look at that. That doesn't guarantee that Taysom's not starting this Sunday against Atlanta because last year, when Drew Brees got hurt in the game at home and left, and Jameis Winston came in and struggled, Taysom Hill started the next week. But it was because Taysom was preparing for his multifaceted role, he wasn't going to go into a game as a primary backup if it happened due to injury. Once they had a week to prepare, then Taysom was the starter. My point is, right now, it is a question worth asking, and I don't even know if Sean Payton knows the answer to that. Now, reports are that Taysom Hill is expected to clear concussion protocol this week and will be available. Now, I put the question up on our Twitter page, at ESPN Lafayette, and on our Facebook page, at ESPN Lafayette. Who will the Saints start on Sunday? Or should they make a move? The trade deadline is this week. It's because uh, nothing's official yet, but I'm telling you, Jameis Winston didn't play in this year. And I am seeing everything from Breeze will come out of retirement. Uh, no, he won't. To the Saints need to sign Cam Newton. Eh. To the Saints need to trade for Gardner Minshew. To the Saints need to trade for Nick Foles. To the Saints need to start Ian Book, which is just crazy. To the Saints need to sign Philip Rivers. I mean, you guys, I know it's social media, but holy cow. I mean, some of these things are very outlandish. I don't think the Saints are going to make a trade. I don't. The NFL trade deadline is coming up tomorrow at 3 o'clock. And, I mean, I say, I don't think the Saints are going to make a trade for quarterback. Maybe they make a trade for wide receiver. It wouldn't hurt. I mean, this is, you, you want to know, know where the Saints' offense is right now? You want to know how improbable that win was yesterday, even though they won by nine? I say improbable. I mean, the defense was, was just ferocious. Shout out to them. Despite um, completely broke down coverage in Cyril Grayson's 50-yard touchdown, I could have caught that and scored on that play. But with the exception of a few hiccups, the defense was awesome. They forced turnovers. they got it done. But the to tell you where the Saints' offense is, their longest Offensive play from scrimmage yesterday was a pass from Trevor Simeon to Kevin White. It was their longest play from scrimmage by a lot. The next one was a Deontay Harris reverse where he rushed for 22 yards. They sacked Brady three times. They picked him off twice. The game felt weird. The game was a win. It was Halloween. There have been some weird Saints games on a Halloween. That one was up there. It was a win. But what the win did, guys, what the win did is briefly take your mind off of the Saints situation at quarterback. Look, the Saints have done well with backup. Sean Payton, to his credit, has done well. Okay, Luke McCown, no, he didn't beat the Panthers the year they went to the Super Bowl, but he played awfully hard, and the game came down to the last minute. Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. Taysom Hill went 3-1. Now, Taysom Mill went three and one. Two of those three were against the terrible Atlanta team, and the other was against the Denver Broncos team that was starting a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. Where all the Saints did was just hand it off to Latavius Murray. So, take it however you want it, but that's reality. The Saints are not going. I mean, let's just let's just get this. Drew Brees is not coming out of the NBC booth. It's not happening. He's retired. He's gone. The Saints are not going to make a trade for a quarterback, at least not a starter. My prediction, my educated guess, based on some of the things Sean Payton has said, based on what Jacina Anderson has reported, I believe that the Saints will roll with Hill, Simeon, and Book. And depending on how it plays out, they may consider bringing in Cam Newton for a workout. They may consider saying, hey, Phillip Rivers, why don't you drive over here from, you know, two states away and give us a tryout. But I, I, I think that's sort of last case scenario. Sean Payton is good. He's also arrogant. And he's arrogant enough to think that you know what? I can do this. Hell, look at our record. We're five and two. I can figure this out. Saints have Atlanta. Then they're at Tennessee, whose defense is horrible. They're good. then you gotta go to Philly. Then you've got the Bills and the Cowboys back to back Thursday. Then you got the Jets, then you got the Bucs again, then you got Miami, who's bad, the Panthers, who aren't good, In Atlanta. I mean, this is a team that, despite all the chaos, is going to be right there in the mix for a playoff spot. But there's going to be a time, whether it be this Sunday, whether it be the week after, at some point where the quarterback play is just, eh. because as thrilling as that win was yesterday, and the fact that Trevor Simeon was... I guess uh, I think my boy Larry Holder put it more good than bad, but was good and bad, but more good than bad. There There was a moment there in the second half when Tampa Bay was coming back and the Saints offense was just dragging, dragging. And then the interception throw by Simeon, which fortunately was wiped off due to a a, a roughing the passer call on Tampa, who had plenty of dumb penalties yesterday, which really helped the Saints. Let's Let's not overlook that. Trevor Simeon beat the Saints and Drew Brees in the Superdome and then just beat Tom Brady and the Bucks in the Superdome. Was he great? No. Was he terrible? No little random fact about one Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Is it Simeon or Simeon? I don't even know. I guess I should figure it out. I say Simeon. I have no idea why I'm starting to say Simeon this morning. I don't know what's going on. Trevor Simeon once turned down a Pro Bowl invitation. In 2017, he turned down a Pro Bowl invitation. And you know where he ranked that season? In passer rating, he was 23rd. In completion percentage, he was 25th. In touchdown passes, he was 22nd. In passing yards, he was 24th. Turned on the Pro Bowl that year and actually hadn't started a game since. Do not be surprised if he starts this Sunday, though. Taysom Hill is expected to be back. What do the Saints do? Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Prather. We're going to open up phone lines in just a moment at 269-1077. I'll get to your phone calls. You could tweet the show at ESPN Lafayette. For those of you that normally hear Coach Billy Napier here Monday mornings at 7.15. Unfortunately, Billy cannot come on this morning. It is due to the altered schedule. They're in a team meeting. Cajuns have a short week. We will get into the Cajuns back in the AP Top 25, which I said they would be after that performance. 45-0 homecoming. The fans showed up. They showed out. 28,794. They were loud. They were proud. The weather was perfect. Great atmosphere at Cajun Field on Saturday. More on that coming up later. Oh, guess who else is on the show today? Rich Eisen will be on with me next hour. I recorded an interview with him. His show, The Rich Eisen Show, premieres on our airwaves today. It premieres on our airwaves. It's been around for a couple of years. Rich Eisen Show, noon, right here on ESPN have The Dan Patrick Show today at 9. And, oh, by the way, are you listening to me on the FM? that's right we are now simulcast espn 1033 fm espn fourteen twenty a.m this is espn lafayette the best ticket in sports i am scott prather let's get back to the phone lines good morning hello welcome into the great scott show
3: morning scotty p how you doing today buddy
2: i'm good man what's going on
3: uh you know i got a couple of questions for you um You watch that game, you you know, you had made a comment. It was really strange. Uh, I'd like to know how much of that game you think the Saints won and how much of the game you think Tampa Bay helped the Saints win. And uh, the other part of my uh, question is, when you look at the landscape of the NFL, and obviously the NFC is much better than the AFC, at least on the top-heavy side of one, two, three, type, you know. How many wins do you think it's going to take to be a wild card team on the NFC side? I ain't talked to you in a while. Love you, Scotty. Peace out, bro.
2: Great to hear you, Tennessee. Appreciate the call, man. Um, In the NFC, you're probably going to need... I mean, look, 10 gets you in. 10 gets you in. But right now, if the playoffs started today... Carolina would be in, and they're four and four. You know the NFC is top heavy in the NFC West because you got LA and Arizona. The Rams and Cardinals are both good. Green Bay's win in the North. You got Tampa and the Saints that are close to one another. Tampa may pull away. We'll see how the Saints and I get it. The Saints just won yesterday. Um, but you're looking at it, 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 let's let's say let's say it's not the Saints. Just hypothetically, let's say the Bucks win the division. Maybe the Saints win it. I don't know. Whoever the loser is in the NFC West, whoever finishes second in the NFC West and the NFC South will be in the playoffs. Between the Cardinals, Rams, Bucks, Saints, two of those four are going to be card teams. That leaves two more card teams. Carolina or Minnesota or San Francisco. If you're the Saints, you just got to finish above two of those three. They can do that. I mean, heck, nine and eight might even get you in, even though... The NFC, the NFC is better than the AFC at the top. It's more top-heavy, but in terms of the wild-card teams, I mean, whoever the 7th seed is, they, they could maybe get in at 9 and 8, honestly, but 10 will definitely get you in. And as far as did the Saints win the game more, did the Bucks lose the game more, I mean, it, it all depends on who you're a fan of. Bucks will say they blew it. Saints fans will tell you they won it. Misty, that's, that's, that's fandom, right? But the reality is this. The Bucks made some dumb mistakes. They did. Their penalties were they had they had a lot of stupid penalties. I mean, Devin White committed three personal foul penalties, and the one on Winston was unintentional. But the roughing the passer on Simeon, the 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 taunting on Mark Ingram, Golston had a roughing the passer penalty, and Dominic and Sue had one on the same drive that, that they picked up the flag and they shouldn't have. Um, you know, if if it was if he had knocked Brady, we all know that flag out there. So the Bucs definitely helped. But the the Saints were the team that had to play a third-string quarterback for the majority of the football game. The Bucs were playing Tom Brady. So if you're making dumb decisions as a team, it's not like the Saints made a ton of dumb decisions. Some would say, oh, well, Sean Payton made a dumb decision. What was he doing late in the game throwing incompletions when he should have been milking the clock? Sean Payton, uh, yeah, he he seemed a little... uh, a little upset about that
4: yeah I know what you're thinking Uh, but here's the thing they got time they got an eternity I'm thinking score so I still haven't met the person that's got the form I, I hear all the time you can't leave Brady time on the clock and so there's two methods we could eat up time and kick a field goal and he's got plenty of time to get his team back in field goal range The perfect scenario is you eat up clock and you score. Well, that's easier said than done. You you know, in other words, run, run, score on third down. And so I'm thinking of scoring on any down because when you look at the time and you, you do the studies, him having to come back to kick a field goal is much easier than him having to come back and score And obviously, obviously, I don't want to throw an incomplete pass. I I don't. Um, And yet everything about today's approach was going to be like super, super aggressive. And I heard the fans. It it is what it is. But there's more to it than just I, I always I'm always curious as a play caller when the announcers say, hey, you want to eat up as much time as possible and then score. Well, then I want to know those three plays.
2: Sean, not wanting to hear it. He also called out the Saints fans like, man, it's got to be louder on third down. I mean, I've been here long enough. I know how loud it can be. That wasn't good enough. It's just him being salty about getting booed for the play call in there. But he's saying, look, I I wasn't trying to throw an incompletion, but I have to be aggressive because we're trying to get a touchdown. In the end, it didn't matter after P.J. Williams picked six. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show. We are simulcast on ESPN 103.3 and ESPN 1420 on the FM, on the AM, and on the app. For those of you listening via the stream, it's brought to you by Champagne's Market and the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. Let's head back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. What's up? Morning, Scott. What's happening?
5: Oh, it's a beautiful morning. Um I'll tell you who lost the game. Everyone's favorite superhero threw a pick six for to to lose the game.
2: That's what happened. I,
5: oh, dude, it was amazing. I, I kind of talked to Ralph Marlowe. And I told him it might have been the best ending to a Saints game ever, which uh, excluding, you know, the NFC Championship. Excluding game,
2: postseason and, oh, wins, oh, uh, right, yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it was nice, man. I mean, it was unexpected. It was, it was beautiful. It was uh, unexpected, I mean, but, uh, and I love that PJ was just playing robber on that play. So he kind of had freedom to just scour the field. And the fact that Brady got one upped by PJ Williams. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's nice.
5: Like, they build the suit up to be God, and, like, and, and he throws a pick six to lose the game. It, it, it all fell on him, you know, and like if that was Jameis Winston, they criticize him and throw him to the ground, you know. They, yeah, they would yeah. Just well, when you, have, when you have and,
2: a when you have a resume, despite some shady things involved in the resume, but when you have a ra- a resume with as many Super Bowls as he has, yeah, you're not going to get you're not going to get crucified when you throw a pick six. I
6: mean, and I'm thinking,
5: so the rest of the season, we're gonna. I'm thinking of rolling with Trevor Simeon and keeping Taysom Hill. The if middle, you, you know? if
2: if if the Saints just stand pat, and again, I do not expect them to make a move at the trade deadline because they have limited cap space, and it's it's tomorrow at three. Um, if you just keep Simeon Hill and Book, I think that's the best option. I don't know that that's what they're going to do. Um, but Sean Payton like, Sean Payton I- said yesterday that. Regardless, you know that Simeon would have been the backup yesterday, even if Hill was there. But last year, that happened in the game; Breeze got hurt. Right? It was Winston, and Hill wasn't the starter until they had a week to prepare. So he's not necessarily giving anything away there. But uh, reportedly, Hill's supposed to clear concussion protocol this week, and I I think it's probably best to do what you did. I mean, Simeon didn't great. But you just need a game manager with his defense, um, right? And 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 he's going to make mistakes. I mean, he is. Uh,
5: and the one thing, the one thing, like Simeon showed that Chase Bill can't do. I mean, Simeon threw an excellent ball to Kevin White, and he actually caught it. Like I think a an angel got its wings yesterday. That
2: was funny. That was funny. The big, the biggest, the longest the offensive was- play of the game for the Saints was a pass from. Someone had told you before the game the biggest offensive play today for the Saints is going to be a thirty-eight yard pass from Trevor Simeon to Kevin White. You would have thought, Good Lord, the Saints are going to be losing by like thirty and just put these put them in at the end of the game. You know, put all these backups in, and that's that's how that play is going to happen. Like you would not have thought it was going to come in this crucial moment. You know, to start the second half where the Saints get this touchdown that puts them up big, then they blow the lead, then they get it back. That was uh, that was a wild one yesterday, man.
5: Yeah, yeah, he struggled to catch that ball, but, I mean, thank God he, he caught it. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that must have been the first
2: time he caught a pass. So I, and- like, look, I, I have a confession. I I saw the majority of the game yesterday. Now I you know I had to take my kids trick or treating, so I was watching like the last you know five minutes on my phone. But I went outside to like set up this hotspot so that I'd be able to like get it on the walk. And I walked in and they like that there was it was like the, the third play of the drive. <laughs> so I missed it. And I went and looked at my phone and I was like I was like no way no way they got down the field on a thirty. So I actually still have not seen that highlight. So in my mind, he still hasn't even caught a ball. I, I got to see it to really know when it happened. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I feel, like, y'all, it's I feel like this is just this elaborate prank on me that the world's playing.
5: <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, I, I'm thinking wrong with Simeon because, like, he has experience in the system. He's been there for, what, two years? I mean, I, and he has starting experience with Denver. You know,
2: I, I think he's former, the best option. Former pro bowler.
5: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: former pro bowler turned down the (laughs) pro bowl invitation, but he still can say he was invited. I appreciate the call, man. Have a good one. All right. We're up against the break. You're listening to ESPN Lafayette on the FM dial at one Oh three, three on the AM dial at 1420. I'm Scott Prather. This is the great Scott show. Big, 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 player yesterday. It won't still up in the stat sheet. I'll tell you who it is. Plus Cajun fans showing up and showing out on Saturday. That in more. Don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues after this on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports.
7: ESPN
0: Lafayette. ESPN Lafayette. The best seat in the house, the best seat in sports. Coming to you on the FM at 1033, on the AM at 1420, online at ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. ESPN Lafayette, the sports fan in your car, your home, and in your pocket. ESPN Lafayette, the best seat in sports. The following businesses proudly support the broadcast of UL Athletics on ESPN 1420 and News Talk 965 KPL. Acadiana Dodge. Arsema Red and Morella. Acadiana Prescription Shop. Blues. Capital One. Delta World Tire. Support these businesses that support the Raging Cajuns broadcast of all UL Athletics all season long. If your business would like to be a part of our UL Booster sponsorship, call Pambagno Bagno at 233-6000.
2: Welcome back into the great Scott show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, ESPN 1033 on the FM, ESPN 1420 on the AM. With Jameis injured, should the Saints sign or trade for another QB or roll with Trevor Simeon at Taysom Hill? That was a question we put on Facebook early this morning and some of the comments I don't, I don't, I don't know what you guys are even thinking. Some of you are saying, "I got a feeling they're going after Nick Foles. They're going to bring back. They're going to break Philip Rivers. Drew's coming back. Hey, maybe go get Carson Wentz. Are you insane, <laughs> Carson Wentz? My God, I got loves throwing bad pick sixes. Not to mention he has a gigantic contract and the Saints are up against the cap and the trade deadline is tomorrow. No, no. Saints will likely roll with what they got on the roster and then if it goes south or there's another significant injury, then they're going to sign somebody who's not currently on a team. That has NFL experience. That's where I think they're leaning right now. Just is, uh, really is a bummer for for Jameis Winston. There's no other way to say it. Hey, shout out Elijah Mitchell, former ERAF standout, former Ragin' Cajun. I mean, did you see what he did yesterday at Soldier Field? He'll be the NFC Offensive Rookie of the Week. 18 carries, 137 yards, and a touchdown. He was fantastic. The six-round pick doing big things. We got more on the Cajuns coming up later. Louisiana, big winners, 45 to nothing. Shout out TJ Wisham, the homecoming king, getting his first career touchdown, wearing his uniform and a sash, getting honored at halftime, then running into the locker room. It was a, a dominant win. Coach Napier typically joins me Mondays at seven fifteen. Due to the short schedule this week, they're playing Thursday at Cajun Field. I uh, wasn't able to do it, but uh, hoping to get him possibly on before the game Thursday. We're working on that. But uh, Louisiana hosting Georgia State this Thursday on ESPN. Time to pack Cajun Field again this Thursday, like you did on Saturday. All right, two six nine ten seventy seven lines lit up. Let's get back to him. Good morning.
7: Good morning, guys. How y'all doing this morning? Fine. Scott, uh, Coach Mitch, wanted to touch bases on the Saints, and you'll do UL later, good. Uh, I'll start with Sean Payton's decision, because the way he is speaking, it was decisions made by him on the play calling with the time at the end of that, uh, with the two-minute warning area, where the clock's about to run out, you know, with the game. Sean Payton calls two uh, pass plays, And that is is not fitting too well with a lot of fans because they understand the game pretty much, you know, just as he does. And a lot of us felt as though Sean should have run the ball. You know, they had two timeouts, Tampa Bay had two timeouts, and they had a clock that was against them. You run on first down, force them to use a timeout. You run on second down, force them to use another one. Otherwise, the clock is going to run out. Then on third down, <laughs> you got your choices, and then you run again because then you eat up the rest of that clock, and then you got your fourth down to play with. By the time you finish, you leave that quarterback on that other team with hardly no time if he gets the ball back. Sean is feeling salty about that. Yeah, because he poured some salt in a lot of fans, and a lot of Saints fans' wounds with that decision there, and that's going to be the end of that. Jamison Winston... Well, we're going to keep Jamison in prayer. Unfortunate that has to happen to him at this time. So prayers out to Jamison. The quarterback situation, well, we're going to see how that's going to develop based on what direction the team, showing them, decide they want to go with that quarterback issue. Uh, Big, big shouts to the defense. They played their... (laughs) they played they they did their best i mean hey tom brady is a quarterback tom tom is a good quarterback and the defense did what they needed to do and we're at the midway points of the season so everybody's still you know getting better defensively etc so they did as good as they could and they did well enough to put themselves in a position for the team in position and the team won and that's what matters in the end that's it the fans, the fans, big shout-out, guys. Even even your fans that were at home watching it on television. I'm sure right, y'all Mitch. were rocking just like they were rocking in that Superdome. I
2: right, appreciate and it, Mitch. Last, Got some other ones. Go one ahead and last, make your last point.
7: One last one is on Ingram and Kamara. Guys, I like to see that running tandem. So go Saints, and um, let's keep it up, guys. Let's support them. Thank All you. Right.
2: Here's Ingram and Khmer after Ingram talking about the number 14. Uh, yeah, I just,
7: yeah,
6: it was the best of the worst numbers available. And I kind of liked it because, like, everybody was like, wait, 1441 is like a little remix, like a little dyslexic type of little thing. What's the dyslexic? So it was like, a, so it's ugly, but, like, it's we going to make it fire, though. We're going to turn it up regardless. The one fold, here we go. You know what I mean? We got one more. You can ask a joint question.
2: Good stuff. Uh, Rich Eisen joining me in 45 minutes here on the Great Scott Show. Uh, A player that made a huge impact yesterday was David Onyemata. You might see him on the staff sheet with the fumble recovery. He was wreaking havoc in the middle, though. He just just having that guy back on the D line is big. Back from a six game suspension that was on him. He did it. Not making excuses for it, right? But Onyemata is a difference maker on that defense. You might look at the stat sheet and say, what are you talking about? Right? I, that guy, I didn't even see him make a tackle. David Onyemata being back was big. And moving forward, it's going to be big. All right, let's head to the phone lines. Keep it going. Lines are all lit up. and Lafayette, good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show.
1: You stole my thunder, Scott. I was about to say uh, David Granamata made Cam Jordan so much better because Cam Jordan looked better. Davenport looked good. Everybody did. That one piece made such a huge difference and had such a ripple effect across the whole defensive line. They looked like the defensive line we all hoped they would be all all season, right? So it was it was something awesome to see. I think that's going to make a massive difference and make that secondary look even better, which is it's just, I think, I think you you hit the nail on the head, man. Anyamada has been the biggest, massive missing piece ever. I think Ringo and them did their best while they were there, but I mean, I thought Cam, them Cam Jordan had just disappeared since the beginning of the season, and he just looked like a different guy. You know, I mean, part of it might have been how big the game was and having the other guys back with them, but it was massive. But uh, that was a really good win. The reason I called in, though, Scott, was a real quick question for you. If UL wins out and Coastal wins out, where does the conference championship game happen?
2: It would happen. Uh, it would happen at Cajun Field because the Cajuns will be undefeated in conference, and Coastal got beat by App.
1: Okay, I just wasn't 100 percent sure. I, d- I didn't know exactly how the how, how it fell. <laughs> okay, that's 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 what I wanted to hear. That's definitely what I wanted to hear. I, I would be over the roof to do that, man. But uh, anyway, man, uh, I enjoy the show, and I'll hang up and listen.
2: Thank you, Josh. Let's keep it rolling. Y'all got it this morning, man. Y'all bringing it. Back to the phone lines. ESPN Lafayette, good morning.
6: You should ask Ryzen. Excuse me. You should ask uh, Rich Eisen. Hey, man, if the Cajuns, uh, Louisiana football team, they win the uh, the division, I think you should come to Lafayette. <laughs> game day type situation.
2: Well, I think you're, are you or, thinking of Reese Davis? No, Rich Eisen, Rich, I, yeah, Rich I Eisen, on, I, just college stuff. I mean, he's more of an NFL guy.
6: Yeah, I know, but just the idea, man.
2: No, you know, I, so, so about. here's, here's the, here's the kicker. So Rich, Rich is uh, a busy guy. Um, we recorded the interview Friday afternoon. Oh, okay. So it's already been done. And so, but it's, Trust me, it's still good stuff. You're gonna to want to listen, but uh, no, I can't do that. Although I will ask him about Cajun food for sure.
1: And, and speaking of that, how
6: that works, man, so you have ESPN, but Dan Patrick, what I thought is he NBC?
2: Uh, he is, they're they're part of different uh, radio umbrellas now. TV wise, it's different. Yeah, I think both of those guys oh, okay. are on. Uh, okay. I'm not sure which one Patrick, Patrick's maybe on NBC and, and Eisen's on Peacock. He's on the cock, but um, but no, man, radios uh, radio's a different avenue and. <laughs> We're still we're still ESPN Lafayette. We still got some uh ESPN national programming at night and later in the day and, and carry things like that. But uh yeah, during the day national shows Patrick nine to noon, Rich Eisen, noon to three.
6: Um speaking of the, the uh, fumble recovery, why Davenport wasn't credited with a sack on uh didn't he strip him? Like wasn't wasn't Brady behind the line of scrimmage? I know he didn't go down, but I thought any of a of a quarterback behind the line of scrimmage, and you kind of strip over, is it. I, know, I thought it was, was, like, it, I was it
2: was it was it Davenport or was it Cam Jordan? I don't know. I don't remember. That
6: was Cam jo- Oh, okay. I thought I thought that was Davenport. It might have been uh, causing havoc. I don't. I don't know. Um,
2: because you know, I think it, I think it was I think it was Cam Jordan, but. Okay. It's it's one thing when you like he got stripped from the front. I think it's like, does the quarterback go down? Did the ball come out where he was getting tackled? All that. I'm, you know, it ends up coming down to whoever is is the 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 stat score, uh the statistician in the game. Um, and I don't. I'd have to go back and check and see what what they actually credited on that play. I'm gonna try to look and I'm gonna look at an official scorebook and see what they did here.
6: Yeah, I sent you something, man. You know, I don't know if you saw it yet. Yeah, but I don't. know. Me <laughs> hey, 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 no, don't, don't don't comment on it, man. Hey, man. I was just just like <laughs> some people are just arrogant, man. Like the way I, I'm sure you know, if I if I sat down with you and talked, I'm sure you probably know who this guy, you know, I'm not even going to say anything, but no
2: skin no no skin guy. off of my back at all. It doesn't surprise well, me, I, but trust I know. You know, I'm not I'm I don't know. Not worried about. But, but hey people. man,
6: but I say this though. get back to the game, man, and also Saturday Chamber of Commerce writer, uh, weather. Taking that from Jay Walker. Uh, but the thing about, uh, I, I think Travis Simeon, I think he's gonna be all right, man. Uh, I think, uh, I think Chung, like you said, I, I, I feel coming from him in that that Peyton has this this thing. You know, well, you know what. I think I can do something. He
2: is. Him. He's you a know? great coach, and he's also really arrogant. And he's going to feel like he can make this work. Um, like I can and,
6: rebuild him. Like he feels like that that type of guy. And
2: uh, yeah, it's say, just man. can, he, can he, he Is he going to? I think he should stick with Simeon and then use Taysom the way Taysom yeah. is best suited, especially with the lack of playmakers in the offense. I mean, they need to stick with him. You have to
6: stick with him. Um, you, you have to stick with him. He's a traditional quarterback. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then outside of that, if it if it doesn't go well, then you know, then maybe they call Cam Newton for a trout, or or call Philip Rivers or no, something. No, it's not. It's like not going to. It's not. Gonna, it's not nah, but not but I don't, do. I don't I don't um, see it. I don't see it getting to. I don't see it becoming that that big. I like. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty or aesthetically pretty, but I don't ever see it getting to just this dire point where Sean has to do something like that.
1: I,
6: well, you know the way I look at it, man. Someone mentioned a good, good point. Uh, I think I don't know who said it. I think I heard it. You know, it's basically like watching football. The Saints in the in the, in the late eighties, mid eighties, early nineties. So
2: <laughs> it was something. I'm not man. saying Bobby
6: Brad was was trash, but I'm not. You know, you can just rely on the defense to try to take you there. And
2: yeah, you got no good idea. running backs.
6: Uh, I got to hit field goals, though. You know, God missed extra point.
2: Yeah, that was weird because uh, every other one of Brian Johnson's kicks so far have been like right down the middle, like right down the middle, and then that miss PAT. I mean that thing was awful. Like I don't know if it was the hole. I don't know where the strings were. I don't know if you need an ace Ventura, or a merino laces out <laughs> deal Ooh, did he with miss Ray the field Finkel. Goal
6: today? I know he missed the p-
2: Oh yeah, no, did he he, he I mean the, okay. the 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 one the go ahead field goal, um, you know, which was I mean, it wasn't that long, but they were they were down by a point when he hit it, a twenty three yarder, but that thing was just right down the center. Then he hit one in um a 35-yard field goal midway through the fourth. That was right down the center. Went up 26-21. So, yeah, he had, he had a number of field goals. And, uh, by the way, I looked it up. Cam Jordan did get a credit for a sack on that uh, strip fumble.
6: All right. Also, uh, 14, uh, there's uh, Ingram, who also wears that number.
2: Brandon That's Ingram, Mark Ingram. Right. Looks good in New Orleans, right. players.
6: Kind of worked out. It kind of works out. But look, man, yeah, man, please,
2: I, I would love to hear, get a response. Thank All you. All right, man, bye. All right, uh, before we hit up this break, we we'll are talk a little Cajun football next. Got some a couple of awesome highlights. Sean Payton, uh, Mitch called, said, you know, fans booing him, questioning his play calling on the, you know, I – the reality is they would, with, with two timeouts left, the Saints would not have been able to take all the time off the clock if they just ran it three straight times. If they ran it twice and Tampa used both of their timeouts, which assuming they would have, you had about 150 left. Then on third down, you would have snapped the ball. At best, if you don't get a touchdown and you don't throw an incompletion on third down, at best, you're able to milk the clock down to 105. Ballpark. So you're still leaving 65 seconds on the clock. If you don't get a touchdown and you're only up by two 65 seconds for Tom Brady to go down and get in field goal range. It's not like the Bucks had two timeouts and there was one minute left and it was first down and you could have milked it down to like 10 seconds. That's not what the situation was now. I get that fans still wanted him to use those timeouts, but Sean Payton wasn't backing down at his defense of that play calling late in the game.
4: Yeah, I know what you're thinking. Uh, but here's the thing. They got time. They got an eternity. I'm thinking score. So I still haven't met the person that's got the form. I, I hear all the time, you can't leave Brady time on the clock. And so there's two methods. We could eat up time and kick a field goal, and he's got plenty of time to get his team back in field goal range. The perfect scenario is you eat up clock and you score. Well, that's easier said than done. You you know, in other words, run, run, score on third down. And so I'm thinking of scoring on any down because when you look at the time and you, you do the studies, him having to come back to kick a field goal is much easier than him having to come back and score. And obviously, obviously, I don't want to throw an incomplete pass. I I don't. Um, And yet everything about today's approach was going to be like super, super aggressive. And I heard the fans. It it is what it is. But there's more to it than just I, I always I'm always curious as a play caller when the announcers say, hey, you want to eat up as much time as possible and then score. Well, then I want to know those three plays.
2: All right, we're going to take a timeout at TSP and Lafayette on the FM dial at 103.3 on the AM dial at 1420 and online on the app and on the website. When we come back, Cajuns 45, Texas State nothing, Louisiana back in the top 25. What's the outlook like moving forward for this week's game on Thursday and overall for the Cajuns following that? Crowd showed up Saturday. Shout out to them. They need to do it again this Thursday. National audience, ESPN. Oh, the Braves, are they going to win it? No, the Astros still uh, staying alive. Uh, 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 Staying alive. Don't go anywhere. Great Scott Show continues on ESPN Lafayette after this. Rich Eisen joining me in 30. Don't go anywhere.
8: What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, Lafayette ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app.
0: Hang on, no, (laughs) please.
1: Move me. Give
8: it to (laughs) Richard.
4: Touchdown, Louisiana. There's the king. Pick him up. Pick him up. Carry him over here.
0: Lewis rolls out of the pocket, throws to the end zone, touchdown Louisiana!
4: You yeah, could have run it or thrown it right there, but uh, I mean, you got a guy standing by yourself, give it to him. Jalen Williams,
3: and there it is, that's the record breaker. And Levi Lewis is now the all-time leader in touchdown passes in raging Cajun history. That's number 65, passing at Jake DeLone. There's the handoff to Smith, and he's in touchdown, Louisiana. The Only thing gonna stop that fellow Jay is the goal post. I'm talking about good job up front, cleaning them up, backside A on the zone, and just go up in there, raise your hands. Now, them guys got their heads down on the other side.
0: That makes it a 34 to nothing game. Vent back to throw, pass over the middle, and it's broken up.
3: It's Eric Gerrer who got the hand on it to break it up, and the Cajuns will take over on downs, pass intended for Ashton Watkins, ran a a slant, but Gerr was right there.
2: Welcome back in ESPN Lafayette. Scott they're coming at you. It's the Great Scott Show. Final segment of this hour. We'll have open phone lines again next hour in the first segment. Up against the clock right now, Louisiana, 45 to nothing. They were a 21 and a half point favorite and uh, they covered that with ease, 425 total yards. They held Texas State to 205 total yards. They turned them over three times. Texas State's 2-6. and six. Louisiana is 7-1. and one, Ranked 24th in the AP. Should be ranked in the Coaches' Polls. And Levi Lewis sets the all-time touchdown passing record. Three touchdowns for him on Saturday. T.J. Wisham's homecoming king. He gets his first career touchdown. There were plenty of feel-good moments in that one. And then you watch it. You celebrate the rest of the day. The weather was perfect. 28,794. The atmosphere... I'll say this, that was the best crowd and atmosphere of the Billy Napier era. The only other crowd I think that was that was technically bigger was the game against Grambling a few years ago. Now, Grambling brought a lot of fans that day. There was maybe 100 Bobcat fans there, maybe. That was Vermilion and White. The fans showed up on Saturday, before, during, and after. It made a difference. It was big. Now you got to show up again. You got a top 25 team. You're on the worldwide leader this Thursday night, ESPN against Georgia State. Cajun's an early 11-point favorite in that one. It's at home, short week. It's a big moment, big game. Got to stay on top of it. But um, shout out to Levi Lewis, to Coach Napier. Eric Gare, man. Eric, Eric Gare... Guy has just consistently, since his freshman year, just been a true cover corner. Been doubted because of his height constantly. Not to mention he's a really good punt returner. But a pick for him, making plays on fourth down, getting turnovers on downs, he deserves more praise. The Mobile native was big time. Cajun fans on Saturday were big time. Billy Napier, big time. Great atmosphere, great stuff for Louisiana. Open phone lines to kick off the 8 o'clock hour next. TSP and Lafayette. The Saints beating the Bucks 36-27 on Halloween. What are they going to do, a quarterback moving forward? Tell you what they need to do. And all the evidence points to that's likely what they're going to do. Then Rich Eisman joins me next hour as well. Rich Eisen, host of the Rich Eisen Show from NFL Network, formerly of ESPN from way back in the day. His show will be on our station every weekday at noon. He is scheduled to join me as well. Don't go anywhere, guys. This is ESPN Lafayette coming to you on the FM at 103.3, on the AM at 1420, and online via the website and the app. We we'll right back, right after What up sports fans I'm here to remind you that basketball is back baby the crossovers the three pointers the dunks it is here basketball is back I'm fired up I know you are too I love hoops and I love fantasy sports and I love winning DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports let me remind you they're celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes Look, I do it. Trust me, it's easy. Playing Daily Fantasy Hoops is a piece of cake. You pick your lineup for pro ballers, stay under the salary cap, see how you do. Score big, and you can score big cash. And with a free shot in millions of dollars in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ, guys. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. What are you waiting for? Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you enter promo code 1420 to get that free shot at millions in total prizes. Code 1420 with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the eight o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, 1033 on the FM dial, 1420 on the AM dial. We're coming to you from your speakers to your ears. Happy to have you with me on this Monday. Cajun's 24th in the AP poll. I think I mentioned something about them needing to be ranked in the coaches poll today. They should be. They're ranked 26th, just outside the top 25 in the coaches poll, which is a mistake. But uh, they are in one poll and a win Thursday should eventually get in the other. Talk uh, more Cajuns as the week goes on. Of course, Jay Walker will be in tomorrow working on hoping to get coach Napier on at some point. Typically he joins me on Mondays, but with the condensed schedule this week. They had a team meeting this morning. He wasn't able to come on live. Uh, We're talking to Rich Eisen later this hour. Don't want to miss that, my interview with him. And, of course, we have talked a ton about the Saints and their win yesterday when you got players like Trevor Simeon, Alex Arma, Garrett Griffin, Kevin White making big, big plays, impact plays. Defense was good lot to dig into two six nine ten seventy seven phone lines are open for you bring it said to the phone lines now good morning
3: well good morning <clears throat> am i up
2: you are kyle good morning man how you doing okay. on a Monday?
3: yeah well i'm I, i've got mixed emotions man a little bittersweet I'm, uh you know uh bittersweet and bittersweet man Mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy that the Saints won. I'm thrilled that they uh, you know, did what they normally do to Tampa. I'm um, you know, feel terrible for uh Jameis and uh I wish he was would be able to, you know, be our quarterback the rest of the season. He, he earned that right. And uh I just think it's uh it sucks, man.
2: Has but, he played yeah, has and, he played and, and his last down here, as a Saint? Yeah. Because he's not playing again this year, and it's the end of his contract.
3: I I don't I don't know I don't know I I just say this. I was thinking this that for some for some reason. I, I I don't know what I was you know for some reason he was brought up or I saw something on uh, on on YouTube or whatever Saturday, and you know it hit me. You know I, I thought you know Jameis is for whatever reason it just hit me that you know Jameis. May not ever be a great football player, but I think the way he's worked and the how hard he's worked and everything, and to you know to to just everything he's done is going to make him a great coach one day, or maybe even a great general manager. I think one day this guy, I don't think this guy's uh, his football. I don't think his football living ends. With being a player, I think he's going to be able to translate everything that he's learned and gone through into being a coach or general manager one day. I really do. Because you're talking about a guy who has come from stardom about as far down as you could go still stay in the league and then started to really bring himself back up. And of course his fight ain't over. I don't know if he'll, you know, well, I, he's I about know to have the play. hardest
2: rehab process of his life in front of him. Cause, uh,
3: well, I mean, That's, you know yeah but I mean the guy the road. guy has proven the guy has proven that he really has courage and strength and he's character positive guy. he proved a lot of things to me i didn 't like i i mean I didn't, I didn't care for the guy at all when he was at, when he was at Florida State or at Tampa Bay. I thought he was an immature, you know he acted like a punk, but he but he he changed completely changed my perception of him. I mean he, he is a he is a man. He is he's he's worked his tail off to do to be where he was and everything. But I didn't really call about Jameis. We called about Sean Payton. Uh you know Sean Payton had Jameis on his pitch count. It cost us the game against the Giants and it but he goes the completely the opposite way. He he liked to cost us the game again, but our defense saved us. Thank goodness, and the, you know the fact that everybody decided all at one time to ball out finally, which I, I don't know where that came from, but I mean, all of a sudden you had guys that haven't been producing, they all started to produce all at the same time, which that was thrilling to see. But Sean Payton would have lost this game if it had not been for our defense, and he—he he, it wasn't just it wasn't just him refusing to run the football and and make Tampa Bay use their timeouts and run clock, you also might have actually scored running the football, which you didn't do because you didn't complete but one pass, and it was nowhere close to the end zone because Tampa had the end zone covered. So uh, on top of that, the two drives in the second half where we didn't do anything back-to-back, I think we ran one play out of the, both of those series, and there's sometimes when you just get you, – you, he gets too much going one way and or too much going the other way. He came the in – look, look Peyton went balance.
2: into yesterday's game and was going to be ultra-aggressive and talked about Tampa's run defense and he decided they were going to pass it a ton because even – even before James, well, and this I saying that. But this, when you
3: this, get up, yeah. But when, when you, I'm not, get up hey, Kyle, 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 wait,
2: wait, wait. I'm not making an excuse for him. I'm just yeah, telling you, you know, that, like, you even before, even before seven, Winston got hurt, they were right. passing the vast majority yeah. of the plays.
3: Right, but I don't. I understand that. I understand that. You know, you feel like you're in a game where you got to score 40 points mm-hmm. because you feel like they might score 40 points. But when you get up 23 to seven in the second half. No, you're ready to wipe the floor with them. That's, what, that's where I'm thinking, okay, now we got Mark Ingram. Now we're ready to, to, to bust in with some, th- you know, Ingram and, and Kamara, back to back to back. You know, keep running them, to just, just alternate them, running the football. Because our offense was starting to open up some holes for our running game. And they were starting to physically manhandle their defensive line, and we just didn't even try. We, I, I don't know how many runs we had. But you take away the scrambles out of that, those runs, and it wasn't many more than well, what they did. Well, here's, here's, we here's what they did. They of-
2: ran it on the drive where they got a field goal to extend to 26-21. On the previous two drives, which were awful, when it was 23-14, he was sacked on first down. Now it's second and 22. Short pass to Harris, incomplete. Another incomplete. You know, on the following drive, now it's 23-21, incomplete pass. Then they run the ball. It's third and six. One time. Then Simeon fumbles and you know um, picks it up and throws yeah, an incomplete they ran, pass. They,
3: they so. had they had one they had one run right. and, and they just didn't move. Drives. They just
2: didn't move the sticks. I mean it was it was the play whether, calls that it didn't they
3: work. Well, that's because they got pass happy with a twenty three to seven lead. Go ahead and punch them in the face. Punch them in the face. Punch them in the face. And the way to punch, and especially when you had the ball first and goal. You had the ball first and goal. And I'm going to tell you something about about Sean Payton. All right, I know he loves Alvin Kamara. Okay? I know he loves him. I love Alvin Kamara. He's a great player. But if you've got Mark Ingram, and Mark Ingram has got the crowd just going nuts, and you've got an opportunity to finish this game off or at least punish them and make them burn all their timeouts, you don't make them just run off 14 seconds and only burn one timeout. They only had two timeouts after the after the first down. you got to get a touchdown.
2: It was at the two-minute mark get a They had already burned a timeout. I know, I know the hard. situation, Kyle. We saw it. There was two minutes. Yeah. yeah. There was, was two, two minutes, and, and if they timeout. force them to call both the timeouts, and then it's not an incompletion on third down. If you don't score, there's about 105 left on the clock. And if you do score yeah, now it's you know, you, you now they gotta go down and get a touchdown. You wanna get a touchdown there. In the end, PJ Williams got that, the pick six, so it was a good to go.
3: Throwing in of course not. You're not they not didn't, they didn't, in in. Football, they, didn't gonna gonna they didn't mean to throw incompletions, Kyle. They didn't mean to throw incompletions.
2: They didn't mean to throw
3: incompletions. But you're going to get closer to the end zone. You've Hopefully. got nine yards to the end zone. Hopefully, it's not even a ten yards to get to the stick. First and goal tonight. Who nine. knows no, who's going to bust the hole open?
2: All right, my man. I appreciate the call, yeah, brother.
3: No, you're saying their running game is that bad?
2: It's no, that bad. no. I don't. I don't think it's that bad. I think I, I thought and I thought they. I thought they ran. The I'm not even disagreeing with everything you're saying. I thought they ran well yeah. yesterday, considering who they were playing. Peyton went into the game with this aggressive mindset of it's hard to run against them. We're going to throw. And he, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He, he kind of got it's roped time, into yeah, it well, even late. You know what
3: Peyton, you know what Peyton needs to do? He needs to run. He winning. needs to, to go in with he a winning. balanced mindset.
2: We'll see that's if they do it next do, Saturday. That's
3: the way we won the Super Bowl in 2000 the same, so I went
2: in the Super Bowl this year. That'd be fun.
3: You know <laughs> what? You know what? Don't say it. If if the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2000. No, this is not the the 2000 Ravens defense. It's
2: not happening.
3: If Denver won the Super Bowl in 2015 with the quarterback situation they had, don't put anything past this football team. This is a great defense. They're going to the
2: playoffs. It's going to be a blast, but Super Bowl, come on, Kyle.
3: Well, you tell me who they can't you tell me who this team is incapable of beating this
2: season. They can beat any team in the league to win three games in the postseason and then win it all. I, yeah, I'm not going to go that far. I appreciate the call, well, man. All right, one more before Rich Eisen. Hello, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning.
1: Hey, good morning. How are you? Good. Good. Uh, now, sometimes I wish for the Saints that. Uh, sean payton how do you say that get out of his way own way uh it would do a lot better sometimes on offense he seems to be um predictable at times but other than that a great win considering what happened yesterday um with winston going down um hey i'm I'm also calling uh i I switched to 103.3 to uh listen to the station there real staticky um so i don't know if you know first day uh, connections or whatever just want to let you know wasn't sure we'll be, we'll be it,
2: we're going to be uh you know we just we just got the transmitter a lot of stuff we're going to be working on this week but it's going to be good man and, and there will be a few kinks yeah, early no, on no, no. i appreciate it, i appreciate yeah. you filling us in and letting us know it sounded uh, no so problem. i was listening to it on the drive-in this morning at like five and it was uh it was fine but that's not to say that something hasn't happened so I, yeah, I it's almost it. like
1: something was blending
2: in from another station, right. kind of. So, And Working I'm in yet, you know, so it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. Uh, I'm out of the area. No, so, appreciate, I appreciate man, the heads up. up, man. Appreciate it.
1: No problem, Scott. And uh, y'all, you keep up the good work, but I enjoy
2: your show in the morning. Thank so. you, brother. Have a good one. All right, man. You too. Bye-bye. All right. When we come back, Rich Eisen. Talk to him over the weekend. His show, The Rich Eisen Show, coming your way today at noon. Every week they hear on ESPN Lafayette. One-on-one with Rich next. What up, sports fans? I'm here to remind you that basketball is back, baby. The crossovers, the three-pointers, the dunks, it is here. Basketball is back. I'm fired up. I know you are, too. I love hoops, and I love fantasy sports, and I love winning. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. Let me remind you, they're celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Look, I do it. Trust me, it's easy. Playing daily fantasy hoops is a piece of cake. You pick your lineup of pro ballers, stay under the salary cap, see how you do. Score big, and you can score big cash. And with a free shot in millions of dollars in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ, guys. DraftKings is safe, secure, And reliable. What are you waiting for? Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you enter promo code 1420 to get that free shot at millions in total prizes. Code 1420 with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. welcome back into the great scott show i am scott prather espn lafayette joining me now you guys know him his show premieres in our market today here on espn lafayette noon to three every weekday from the NFL Network, from the Rich Eisen Show, it is Mr. Rich Eisen. Good morning, Rich. How's life, man? What's up? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great, man. All right. What's your What's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time?
8: Well, I was born in Brooklyn, so I'll have to go no sleep till Brooklyn. Um, you know, it's the first time I ever slept on planet Earth was in the borough of Brooklyn. I uh, moved to Staten Island when I was six months old. And obviously, growing up there and going to high school in the 80s and returning there to get my career started in the 90s after graduating, the Beastie Boys are, uh, are uh, near and dear, to say the least.
2: Yeah, I imagine uh, heavy rotation on the Rich Eisen playlist through the years.
8: <laughs> Our, uh, well, I've got I've got three kids, 13, 10, and 8, so not so much right now. Um, but uh, maybe one day I will... We'll let them listen to
2: the, the music stylings. I, I, I mean, look, my kids are 2, 4, and 6, and I just, any song that might have questionable lyrics, I just got the clean version. So, like, my kids are younger, but they, right. they know their stuff. That's good. Okay, very good. Earmuffs. There you go. That helps, too. Our listeners, uh, they, they know you're rich in terms of if they see Rich Eisen on TV. You've been in the business a long time. They may not all know your weekday show what can they expect sure. on the rich eyes and show every weekday here on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three?
8: Okay. Well, um, you're going to get, um, sports talk. You'll get pop culture talk. You'll get, um, newsmakers in the sports world. You'll get pop culture celebrities from, uh, the movies of, uh, the world of movies and TV. Um, and, um, because, you know, years ago when I, I launched a podcast for our NFL Network, we were the first ones to do it um, in 2011, so 10 years ago. Uh, you know, the, the concept was sports is just as much of a spoke on the wheel of pop culture as anything else. So, you know, having a celebrity guest on to talk about their love of uh, sports, a perfect example is Anthony Mackey. Um, who is uh, in the Marvel universe? Uh, he's a diehard Saints fan, so we'll have him on talk about Saints uh, all the time. Wendell Pierce from The Wire, way back in the day, he's a diehard Saints fan. We've had uh, um, Harry Connick Jr. on my show to talk about the Saints, just to, I guess, nail down, um, you know, the front of right now, um, and then just you know,
7: uh,
8: nuanced. Sports talk. You know, not everything needs to be this team sucks, or this team just by winning this time is great, or this team is uh, struggling so they'll have no shot at the championship. That sort of stuff. We'll always take a beat, take a breath. I'll always try to give you something to sound smarter at any sort of gathering that you're around. Um, so that's basically what we do, and it's kind of also life. We'll talk about life issues sometimes. You know, I mentioned my kids. I'm a father of three. Um, you know, uh, anything that happens in my life that kind of dawns on me, whether it's you know real serious. You know, I got COVID during the summer, so I talked about that experience. Uh, my dad passed away two years ago. Talked about that experience, or the experience like the other day. My 10 year old and I are watching Celtics and Knicks, and I grew up loving the Knicks, but I have completely sworn off them because Charles Oakley got dragged out of Madison square garden and the owner of the Knicks, James Dolan didn't lift a finger. And I can't stand the Knicks because of that now. And he turns to me, he goes, let's go to a Knicks game one time if we're ever in New York. And I'm like, do I actually teach my 10 year old boy about sports, spite and sports on the spot? Like that's, that's what my show is about all three hours mixed in with, with, um, as many phone calls as I possibly can take. Um, You know, I've been very fortunate to do what I do for a living for 25 years, whether it was on ESPN back in the day or the present day with NFL Network. All those shows, I'm sitting on a set, I'm suited and booted, sitting in a tie and, you know, and talking to my analysts, but I never get to talk to the fans, ever. Um, That's why I love doing this show, having back and forth with people who dial in. So that's my uh, my, uh, summary of uh, all three hours that you're going to get.
2: It's it's one of the reasons I really wanted to bring this show on board here Rich, you know, Thank you. it's it's like I, I feel like it, maybe it's just getting older but I'm I'm kind of with you. Like I don't I'm not as attracted to the you know, it's it's life or death all the time in sports, who's the best, who's the worst. It's like take a breath, it's fun. Like I always like to remember like man, sports is fun, right? And and bringing on yeah. celebrities, keeping it loose. You know, I think podcasting in general has sort of opened up you you see the impact of it bleed over into sports radio and most shows like yours like mine have it essentially a podcast but they're not a standalone podcast my point is the idea of just having an authentic conversation instead of oh well you say left i say right and let's just yell even if we believe it or not i like yeah. the i like the authenticity that you bring and and whether it's something serious and most of the time fun you know keep it keep it loose man i mean you, you mentioned anthony mackie I, I love that i heard him make a joke one time about how like you know being in the marvel universe was awesome but when i was first approached to play black falcon i i had like a lot of hesitation because i didn't want to play a character named falcon of course because you know i mean anybody that's a real saints fan hates the falcons so you know right. he's uh no he's yeah. he, it's just it's it's speaking of rich let me ask you that where, you interact with every with every fan base. What, what, is, what has been your interaction over the years with Saints fans?
8: Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Saints fans, first and foremost, love football. I mean, the thing that I, I always get a kick out of is when you see a big football game Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, late window on a Sunday uh, week, 13, week 14, and you see the markets in the United States, the television markets in the United States, that take in the games. And, you know, one and two is always of the cities that are being represented by the two teams playing in the game. And then number three is always New Orleans, <laughs> even though the Saints aren't playing in it. You know? And I just love that. I mean, I, I always... I have my mind blown by the number of times that New Orleans is always in top five television market watching a big game, and the Saints aren't in it. But, you know, the other aspect of it is the obvious one, is the passion for the team and for the city. And one of the most memorable moments of my career was being in the Superdome when it reopened after Hurricane Katrina for the Monday night game against the Falcons. NFL Network was there. The game wasn't ours. Obviously, it was ESPN's, but it was a a major initiative of Paul Tagliabue to make sure that the Saints never moved because of the hurricane and the subsequent year, you know, away from the Dome. And um, so we we were there, the we being me and Steve Mariucci, and Marshall Falk, who, as we all know, is Mr. Nollins. And um, he was so moved and so emotional about the reopening of the dome that night. And I will never forget, obviously, the moments that, that's now commemorated with the statue outside the stadium of Steve Gleason blocking the punt. But it was just a couple of uh, plays before that, where Vic is rolling out of the pocket on the first possession for the Falcons. And he fumbled the ball, and the ball was rolling on the ground. And the subsequent yells and screeches and, you know, hollering of the Saints fan was one of the loudest I've ever heard in my life. Where it looked like the Saints could get the ball on a turnover right then and there, and the place went nuts. And then, you know, I turned to Marshall. I was sitting next to him, and he's just, like, laughing because of how intense it is and how the fans are into it and how he knows all about it, having sold popcorn in the Superdome when he was a kid. And then two plays later, the block punt happens, and I thought they'd have to reattach the roof again. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. I'm, like, getting goosebumps even talking about it right now. Another time when the Saints went to the Super Bowl. We were there on a Saturday night when the Cowboys came in um and actually won that game that was when the saints were 13 and 0 and they finished 0 and 3 to finish the season we're all wondering if they were stumbling into the playoffs but all we know is that everybody was stumbling out of the bars after super bowl that night against the colts and you know i I just love the passion i love the fan base i love how they're into it um sean payton's one of my favorite guests on the show you know we just had Demario davis last week i love covering the team i love what they're about and um so that's my uh, my impression
2: of the Saints and their fans. Rich Eisen, our guest. I'm Scott Prather. It's ESPN Lafayette. I um, I was at all the games you referenced. I've been blessed enough to you know been going to Saints games my whole life. Uh, don't make as many as I used to with young kids, but you know whether it's it's different in the press box than in the stands. But uh, sitting with my family in the stands for so many years there for playoff losses in the early 90s you know there for the first ever playoff win in 2000 when they beat Marshall Falk in the Rams there for the dome coming there for Hartley's kick right the the loudest I've ever heard any sporting event was when Gleason blocked that punt and yeah. nothing can compare to it just the, I don't know the energy the feeling all of it it truly is just uh you know it's it's a top moment for me you know obviously you know kids being born in marriage and and I mean that I'm not saying that is just you know uh, 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 I mean, that's that stuff's very true but then right after that it's like that don't cut me man and I, I was you know my mother and I were fortunate enough to be at the Super Bowl and that was an amazing experience but that game that don't coming it's just nothing like it uh you 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 referenced Sean Payton. Yeah, go ahead rich I'm sorry
8: no 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 I, I, and and that's what's so great about sports too right I mean that we do remember where we were when we had our kid or obviously a wedding or the moments like that, but then there's big sports moments just in your life where you remember where you were and what it meant to you. And, you know, I, uh, we were covering that Super Bowl, as we do on NFL Network all the time, down there in Miami, and Sean Payton comes to our set after the Saints and beaten the Colts. And this is just after Reggie Bush, and his then girlfriend at the time, Kim Kardashian, crashed the set when Reggie was on the set. He leaves and Sean Payton arrives. And he was so jacked up, slapping hands with everybody, especially Marshall, because, again, he knows not only what, you know, Marshall was all, you know, he's from New Orleans, but he was also Marshall Falk's running backs coach when Marshall was in college at San Diego State. So those guys went way back and. He was hugging everybody, and then he saw me, and I extended my hand to shake his hand, and he slapped it like so hard, like from from the side, and it was so hard. The first five minutes of that interview, I did not feel my forearm and my hand. I had to go. I had to go with my left hand to hold the microphone. That's my off hand. Um, he was so jacked. And I'll go, you know, never forget watching the Benson family come on the field out of the tunnel with their umbrellas leading like about 100 people behind them to get on the field as soon as it was over. Um, so, yeah, man, it's pretty cool. And, you know, I, that's that's why I, I love talking to St. fans, love, love talking to New Orleans fans, obviously. You know, um, many of them overlap with the LSU fan base. Um, so, love talking to them.
2: Rich eyes on our guests. You know, we're here in Lafayette about two and a half hours uh, drive west to New Orleans, but it is all Saints country here. And, um, sure. you know, it's it's just a passionate fan base. And uh, I know football is something with the NFL Network, the number one sport you've covered. You mentioned Sean Payton. As long as he's been with the Saints, like where, where would you rank Sean Payton among the head coaches in today's NFL? Well,
8: I mean, he's top five. I mean, when Mike Tomlin went on um – his mini uh, soliloquy about being mentioned as a yeah. on a wish list of USC. His response was, "You don't hear Sean Payton being asked this question. You don't hear Andy Reid being asked this question. And the reason why Tomlin threw that out is he's talking about two of the most tenured head coaches with a Super Bowl ring in their on their finger, just like Tomlin. And so he's he's clearly uh, he's clearly somebody who is beyond." Um, you know, well-respected. And I understand what happened back, you know, with the bounties and things of that nature and him being, you know, sent aside for a year and suspended for a year. But I mean, he truly is one of the most brilliant minds at, at, at his job. And, you know, I've gotten to know him and really like him a hell of a lot. And, um, and also, you know, now what's going on with Jameis and him turning a page for Drew Brees is, is an, uh, a, a terrific challenge that I'm, you know, keen to see how all plays out. Um, and now uh, he, he, he's going to go down as the greatest Saints coach in the history of the
2: franchise oh there's no question and about i'd love to that. see him yeah. win
8: another ring for you and the rest of the fan base there that would be pretty amazing for him too
2: yeah you win another one then then you can start maybe talking about canton um but with that rich Eisen, our guest last saints question rich and then and then i have two more before i let you run we appreciate you taking the time the rich Eisen show premiering in this market today right here on espn lafayette monday through friday noon to three perfect blend of sports Pop culture interviews the works. Uh, Alvin Kamara is he underrated, properly rated, or overrated in your mind nationally?
8: No, no, he's properly rated. He's the top five running back in the league. He's he 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 would be if, if the Saints wind up going on a, a remarkable run this year. If that happens, he would be an MVP candidate or something like that happens. I mean, he's a guy that like, again fans of fans of your of the station and I'll call it our station now, you know, um, and we'll, we'll find out, you know, I, I talk football predominantly on my show, obviously I'm a football guy. So we'll constantly have nonstop evaluators on and, you know, and those from the NFL media world on Daniel Jeremiah, with whom I sit in the booth at the combine that I cover every year for NFL network. So again, everyone will know once the season ends, we're going to be all in on, talent evaluation and the draft and the combine at any rate daniel jeremiah refers to alvin Kamara as a bubble wrap player and what that means is you better put him in bubble wrap the minute the game's over make sure that he crosses the street looking both ways and he doesn't step on a crack or under a ladder or anything like that like he is the guy who makes it all go more than ever now and um so I think he is properly rated. He is a top five running back in this league. and Anybody who does not say that top five playmaker in this league is fooling themselves.
2: Rich Eisen, our guest is the great Scott show ESPN Lafayette rich Eisen and show weekdays right here on ESPN Lafayette from noon to three of all the interviews you've done athletes, celebrities, whoever, what is your all time favorite interview from your career?
8: Oh man. Uh, I'll go with, you know, your, your favorite one is your last one in a way. Um, we had Larry David of Curb Your Enthusiasm in studio uh, last week in advance of uh, his return to uh, for season 11 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Forty minutes just of nonstop talk about what he would do if he was commissioner. And we also give him um, social situations for him to play judge and jury about what's the right thing to do. You know, when food comes to the table first and you're waiting for your food, do you let everyone else eat? Or if you've got your food first, do you just dig in? You know, or, um, you know, sports ones as well, like a friend invites you to the game, gives you a ticket to the game. Do you, you, you ask where the tickets are first before accepting? You know, that sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and again, we've had, we've had many celebrities on and and our archive on our youtube page you got like twenty four thousand videos sitting on it because we're in year eight of doing this show um and so if you're a fan of breaking bad we've had pretty much everybody from that show on talking about that game of thrones we had um you know the actor kid harrington who plays Jon snow we had lena he the actress who played at queen cersei you know all those characters have come on our show to talk about their programs. And that stuff is just as popular as when Breeze called in or Brady called in back in the day and Aaron Rodgers called in in week three. You know, I'm also doing Monday Night Football pregame and, and, uh, and halftime for, for Westwood One Radio, so we get all the stars from the Monday Night games on. Uh, so I can't really choose one, so I just chose the latest one.
2: Larry David, man, that's good stuff. Talking food with him. What, we're here in the heart of Cajun country, Rich. What is your favorite Cajun dish? Oh, God. Oh,
8: I don't know. I've tried turtle soup back in the day. It really wasn't, you know. That's
2: more of a New Orleans thing.
8: My of cup Cajun. Of tea. I, I, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I do love going out in the French Quarter. when I, yeah, I've been there in a long time. And I know it's not Cajun. Can I stay the beignets? Can I do that, or am I, have I totally? You know what? I'll, my, uh...
2: I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. But if you're ever around here, in have life
8: I have yet. I've totally, I totally undercut my credibility with your audience? <laughs> I'd come on. I mean, come on, I'm a Jew from New York. I I'm not. I'm, I haven't had much Cajun food in my entire life. So maybe if i I come down there, I could find somebody to give me the best possible recipe or. Take
2: me to a great restaurant. I'll, I'll give it a whirl. You, you, you ever around Lafayette, Rich, call me. I mean, gumbo, boiled crawfish, jambalaya, the works. We'll give it to okay. you. We'll make sure that That's you good. get the actual authentic. You know, that, look, there are some great award-winning restaurants in the in the French Quarter. There's also some sort of just, you know, ones That's that, right. that, that pose did. themselves sure as yeah. Cajun, yeah. you know. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, final question for you. So about 17 years ago, I was listening to a sports radio show. I was living in New Orleans at the time. It was a national show. And they were interviewing your illustrious wife, uh, the Emmy Award winner, ah. Susie Schuster. And they were asking yeah. her. You guys have been married about a year. And they were asking her what she had gotten you for your birthday, which was like that week. And she's like, Shh, hang on. I got to go in the other room. And she like closed the door. She said she had gotten you a karaoke machine. Um, yes. So, do you? I, I, there's there's a few uh, questions I got to ask here. Do you still have it? Do you enjoy karaoke and what is the go-to karaoke song for Rich Eisen? Okay.
8: All right. So, in order no, we do not have that cuz we've upgraded. Okay. I mean, come on now. There's, there's,
2: there's been a long a much time bigger upgrading yeah.
8: karaoke technology in the last 17 years. So, no, uh, we yeah. have upgraded. Yes, uh, karaoke singing is one of my favorite things to do. And my go-to songs is anything Sinatra but that's life is my number one song I can bring any house down at any time with any amount of alcohol or sobriety doesn't matter um, I can crush it any audience anytime and I will take up that challenge with anybody anywhere how does that
2: sound I mean I love the confidence rich I mean I you you I mean no one's hey. stopping you right now because I'm sp- That's why. All right, all right. Let's, let's, here, look.
1: That's life. That's
0: life. That's what all the people
8: say. All right. I can do it. I can do it, but it's terrible. I'm I'm on a speakerphone, like, I have standards, man. I have standards.
2: You're starting to sound like, yeah, yeah. It
8: doesn't sound good, if you, look, anytime you see a friend singing karaoke and they kill it and then they show it on a video... You know, it doesn't sound good. It's not, I, I have standards. Trust me. Just trust me.
2: All right, all right.
8: I hope your listeners and our listeners and our, you know, my new friends in Lafayette will come to, if they already haven't, you know, find me as a trusted voice. Trust me. Please, trust me. It is a fact. I'm outstanding at it. I've done it at Pro Bowls. Trust me. Any Manning, you name any Manning. They've all seen me do it in person at Super Bowls, at late night, at a, at a Pro Bowl. Any Manning, I know I'm I'm, I'm talking about the first family of of Louisiana oh, yeah. football in a way. I know there's some Mississippi in there too, but any Manning will will back this up.
2: That's life. All right, I'll I'll We're take on your on word your for it they will back this up you you sound like Will Ferrell and step brothers like he sings like a line and then he's like i don't know my voice is a little loud and then john c oh, riley's just like no, no, you have the voice I, of i an don't angel.
8: i don't blame you for trying to call me out right now <laughs> but i'm literally i'm
2: on a bluetooth in a car right. on a phone on the radio it just will
8: not be it just won't it it's not the same as the timber the live I, I you know, I move around the stage, I use the mic as a prop, just whip the whip the uh the, the wire around, like it's an act, man. It's a it's an experience. It's uh, an experience.
2: I um I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna see him do it. That is Rich Eisen. Guys, listen to Rich every weekday on our airwaves, noon to three, ESPN Lafayette right here. The best blend sports pop culture interviews. He has phone calls, the works. He does it all every day. Rich, man, welcome to the ESPN Lafayette family. We're glad to have you. It was great chatting this morning, man. And uh, at some point, I, I, I want to hear that's life whenever the conditions are right.
8: Yeah, you got it. Conditions are right. Just be in the room when when we're doing it. That's
2: all right. All, all right. <laughs> I w- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on room. that. Uh, all right. That is Rich Eisen. Rich, man, all the best. Appreciate the time, my friend. Thank Thanks, bud all right up next we'll open up the phone lines again here on the great scotch show final segment saints bucks yesterday biggest key to the game what went um who was the mvp of the game we'll break it all down next tspn lafayette i jump right on a big bird and then i'd fly Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette. For those of you in Lafayette, you can now hear us on the FM dial at 1033. Still on the AM at the OG 1420, and of course, online streaming worldwide. The Saints have been underdogs 13 times since 2018 from a betting standpoint, and they are 11-2 straight up in those games. You put obstacles against the Saints, there's almost a part of Sean Payton that maybe it's the ego, maybe it's the fact that he's a really good coach, probably a combination of both, that he likes it. He likes it. Trevor Simeon, I, I guess, you know, you could look at the Saints defense and say, okay, give one of them an MVP from yesterday. David Onyemata may not stow up on the sheet, stat sheet aside from a fumble recovery, but he was opening things up for Cam Jordan. He was opening things up for Davenport. He was big. You could look at CJ GJ and say he was getting in their heads. He got an interception, but he was also responsible for some long gains by Chris Godwin. The one thing the Saints defense could not do well yesterday was defending Chris Godwin in the slot and then had one major breakdown in the 50-yard touchdown pass to Cyril Grayson, a New Orleans native, who didn't even play college football, just ran track at LSU, made his second catch ever, and that one was, I could, with respect to Cyril, I mean, I could have caught that pass. There nobody around him. But, you you know, it, it was a joint effort from the defense. I I leaned toward Trevi, Trevor Simeon. Because you got a third stringer that has to go in against a team with a very good defense that blitzed him 15 times. I think the starting experience really came into play yesterday for him because he wasn't frazzled by it. A lot of third stringers come in, you're throwing nonstop blitzes at him, and it's like, oh God, oh God. I don't know if you remember any given Sunday. Jimmy Foxx was the third stringer. Do you remember the second stringer that backed up Dennis Quaid in that movie? He was in like a scene. Went in in one play and then just The nerves got to him. They blissed him. He was done. That wasn't Trevor Simeon, though. Now, losing Winston hurts, and it hurts a lot. And it felt like the end for the Saints yesterday when it happened in that game. And you are going to feel the impact of it. But Cam Jordan said afterwards, "Look, the defense—they're confident. They're going to keep this team afloat. They've done it before. Last two seasons give us the confidence we can do that." I mean, how many teams can blow a coverage with you know late in the fourth quarter and surrender a lead to to the Buccaneers and Tom Brady and have a third stringer and still go down, get a game uh, a go ahead score on a field goal? And then get a pick six off of Tom Brady. They're not shaken. They have confidence. But for Simeon to come in with all those blitzes, and I'm not saying he was great. I mean, he struggled at times. But when you, all things considered, tell you what, Jameis Winston, I'm not saying he's better than Jameis Winston. He's not. Jameis Winston is the starter, should be the starter. But think about when Winston had to come off the bench last year during a game. Think about when Teddy Bridgewater had to come off the bench against the Rams during the game back in 2019 and how they looked without the week of preparation, without the starting reps. That's why Trevor Simeon really was, I think, the MVP yesterday for the Saints, all things considered. Defenses would want in the game. But for Simeon not to lose it? And are the Saints going to be tempted to stick with him is the question. You know, we put some questions up over on our Facebook page on Twitter about what should they do? Should they try out Cam Newton? Should they, should, are they going to start Taysom Hill? And we get all kind of reaction from you guys. All oh, trade for Gardner Minshew, trade for Teddy Bridgewater, trade for some, uh, oh, the worst take I saw was trade for Carson Wentz. First of all, uh, not that contract. They can't do it. They won't do it. And it would be a bad decision. But Sean Payton has the confidence and the arrogance and possibly the skill set to just say, you know what? This is a challenge. I think I can do it. Are the Saints, like Simeon played just good enough where now, okay, Taysom Hill's expected to clear protocol. Are you going to start him against the Falcons at quarterback or are you going to leave him in the Swiss Army knife role in an offense that desperately needs playmakers outside of Kamara and now Mark Ingram and Taysom Hill is a playmaker? And until Michael Thomas comes back, you don't really have one elsewhere. What do you do? Do you have the out to just get one more look and say, yeah, well, Taysom's back, but we kind of need to bring him along slowly because of the concussion, and so we're going to go ahead and let Simeon start and then get another look at what he does with a week of planning and prep. He's a game manager, but the Saints have a good offensive line, albeit yesterday, you know, Tampa brought the heat a lot. They brought an extra guy a lot, but Tampa's good defense. Atlanta's defense, no. Tennessee's defense, who they play after that, no. By the way, that Tennessee game in 13 days might look a little different now because it's in Nashville, but reports are that Derrick Henry likely suffered a season-ending foot injury yesterday and the Titans win over the Colts. Is there one player more important to a team's offense than Derrick Henry is to the Titans? If there is, there aren't too many. It's been a great show. It's a new era. ESPN Lafayette. Shout out to Lynn Burton for Rise and Grind. He kicked it off this morning at 6 a.m. Hear him every weekday. Dan Patrick and the Danettes coming up next on the Dan Patrick Show. My boy Rich Eisen will be on at noon. Brad Topham, Top's Take. Top is uh, traveling back from vacation today we'll have some best of we'll have some audio we'll have some local stuff for you from three to four i will talk to you guys tomorrow jay walker will be in studio with me we'll have some other guests lined up as well espn lafayette coming to you in lafayette at 1033 on the fm dial 1420 on the am dial and live via the stream and the app everywhere else talk to you guys tomorrow. Welcome to November.
8: The best in national sports is on ESPN Lafayette. Every weekday morning from 9 to noon, the Dan Patrick Show with Emmy Award winner Dan Patrick and crew bring you the best in sports talk.
0: Titans running back Derrick Henry
2: feels like he belongs in a different era. They let you know Derrick Henry's coming right at you. Just try to stop him.
8: The biggest names from the biggest games. The Dan Patrick Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on ESPN Lafayette. Your teams, your talk, your
2: station, ESPN Lafayette what up sports fans i'm here to remind you that basketball is back baby the crossovers the three pointers the dunks it is here basketball is back i'm fired up i know you are too i love hoops and i love fantasy sports and i love winning DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports let me remind you they're celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes Look, I do it. Trust me, it's easy. Playing Daily Fantasy Hoops is a piece of cake. You pick your lineup of pro ballers, stay under the salary cap, see how you do. Score big, and you can score big cash. And with a free shot in millions of dollars in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ, guys. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. What are you waiting for? Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you enter promo code 1420 to get that free shot at millions in total prizes. Code 1420 with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.